Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. My name is Jacob Rudner alongside Swamp 247 staff writer Graham Hall. And we are rejoining you now to preview Florida's bowl game appearance in the Las Vegas Bowl on Saturday, December 17th in Las Vegas, Nevada at Allegiant Stadium, home of the Las Vegas Raiders, against a ranked Oregon State team, ranked number 17 in the AP Top 25 and number 14 in the college football playoff ranking. Uh, A tough test for Florida in its season finale. This is an Oregon State team that is uh, reasonably well put together for its bowl game. Not a whole bunch of absences, whereas Florida has a considerable amount of guys uh, who will not participate for a number of reasons. And to break that down, uh, we're going to run through all of it. We're going to go through Oregon State's team uh, and how Florida matches up with that. And I'd say without further ado, Graham, we jump right in. This is going to be a game that is a considerable challenge, if you ask me, uh, for this Florida team. As I said a second ago, uh, mass exodus of guys, transfer portal, NFL draft, uh, kicked off the team. Meanwhile, uh, this is an Oregon State team that is, like I said, really in good shape. They, their personnel is strong. Uh, they retain most everybody for this contest uh, won nine of their 12 regular season games, including a season finale win in a rivalry over a ranked Oregon team, allows them to crack the top 20 pretty comfortably uh, at the end of the regular season. This is a good group, and I think it could be a real challenge for these Gators. What what are your observations uh, as you prepare for this game, and, and, and what are some of the things that people should look forward to? I think kind of what you just mentioned is a massive factor, the transfer portal in this day and age, and we alluded to this earlier and wrote about it on Swamp 247, but this is why you see coaches coming out time and time again talking about transfer portal windows. This is a busy time for a team that is in its you know first year still under a new head coach and is still going through the roster rebuild process. That's not something that Oregon State is experiencing right now in mass. Only three guys, I believe, entered the transfer portal for that team. So like you said, largely bringing back most of a team that won nine wins and they're facing a Florida team that got to six and six, ended the season on a two-game losing streak and now loses 17-plus, I believe, through the transfer portal heading into this game. This is really, I think, a test to see where the depth is at for this Florida team, how many promising playmakers they're going to have going into the spring who maybe they can build off of and see what they can do moving forward in larger roles. Guys like Derek Wingo, Kamari Wilson, Chris McClellan. I I think that you'll see those guys play an abundance of snaps. Shamar James, obviously, because it's going to be a test for them to start building Uh, larger roles for themselves moving into next year. So 
really it's it's really a tale of two halves in a seat in a sense really where you have an Oregon State team that is largely healthy and won nine games but still what finished fifth in the Pac-12 yeah I know you can really speak to how impressive that conference was this year but absolutely it's, it's a tale of two very different teams coming in here because of the transfer portal in my mind one of the interesting things going into this game for me as somebody who came from covering a Pac-12 program for those of you who don't know uh, just last year and, and for the years prior, I was covering Arizona State uh, for 24-7 sports before moving out to Gainesville and covering the Gators. Uh, this is one of those matchups that people see on the docket and go, this is a real test. This is an opportunity to see the disparity between uh, what the SEC brings to the table and what the Pac-12 brings to the table. And typically, I think it's clear, it, it goes without saying, that the SEC is a stronger uh, side of the matchup. Whenever you pair these two teams, I think the edge should go to decent SEC team uh, over stronger Pac-12 teams simply due to talent. Now, what's interesting is that Florida, like you said, is missing a considerable amount of its most productive players. Anthony Richardson, the starting quarterback, will not play. Consensus All-American right guard Osiris Torrance will not play. Uh, two of Florida's top receivers, Justin Shorter, Dejon Reynolds, are not going to play. Uh, guys who were good in the regular season and not available for this contest. Uh, and, and you know, that is going to pose quite the challenge, I think, for this Florida team, but it also was kind of an equalizer in this contest where you have this Oregon State team, historically very difficult place to recruit. Uh, I think if you were to ask anybody who's followed you know, Oregon State closely, they would tell you that Corvallis is just not a place where high school kids want to play. Uh, and so bringing in that top-tier talent is very difficult. Oregon State is not ranked in the top 10 teams in recruiting in the Pac-12 conference in several years now, despite looking quite good on the field. And so how do they do that? They recruit really well to the scheme. They bring in guys who fit what head coach Jonathan Smith is trying to do, but they also are incredibly disciplined and well-coached. And that is evident in their rushing attack. This is one of the better rushing teams in the country. Uh, they have a three-headed monster uh, of running backs led by true freshman Damian Martinez, who was just the 600 overall player in the 2022 class, he had almost 1,000 yards rushing on the season. So uh, this is a group that does a really good job. Uh, 12, 13 personnel looks are frequent. They run the ball over 60% of the time against FBS schools. That is going to put an unbelievable amount of pressure on this Florida defense. You must stop the run. And if you don't, this game simply gets out of hand. Uh, let me ask you, given the departures, uh, what we know about this Florida defense from its regular season, just how tough a, a matchup is this for, for the Gators, just a team that is going to run it hard and has been rushing for basically 200 yards a game throughout the season? It's a massive test because I think that's what you just said. It hasn't been an area where the Gators have been really good at this season, stopping the run. I think a lot of it comes down to roster standpoint, obviously the familiarity of defense, you know, turning over to that 4-2-5, um, you know, from, from last season's defense under Todd Grantham. I think that that definitely has made some issues for Florida. Certainly a lot of guys learning new um, roles and that that's a massive test. And then obviously the, from a number standpoint, the lack of depth on the interior of the defensive line has been a massive thing. You look at the lack of linebacker depth where they're relying on first and second year guys at times and Shamar James and Scooby Williams and a guy in Amari Bernie, who I think had a really good season. We'll uh, see if he does participate in this bowl game. I think that he will. Um, but I think that, you look at this team and a lot of it comes down to the lack of depth in the front seven. We wrote about this and you, you wrote about this on Swamp 24-7 recently, but Jervon Dexter 
was among the top 20 in snaps per game of interior defensive linemen. A lot of the guys in front of him, I think it was seven, have played in a conference championship game. So they played yeah. in one more game than he did. So I think that that speaks to the depth there. They have developed well with Desmond Watson and Chris McClellan, but this has been overall a team that has struggled to stop the run. And I don't think that against this Oregon State team that has depth and has familiarity with what they like to do, uh, it's absolutely, I think, a, a, a you know game-deciding uh, factor here for this game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Missing Ventrell Miller is a big one, I think, in this contest. I think fans will have an opportunity to really see uh, the impact that he has, even if he's not playing at his best, his uh, organizational skills on behalf of the guys around him and ability to kind of coordinate what's happening from the perspective of somebody on the field and not in the coach's box is really important. And this will be one of those games where Florida's uh, you know, ability to play clean football is going to be tested and very important. This is not one of those contests where, uh, you know, athleticism will make up for lack of cleanliness and lead to a victory. This is an Oregon State team that will really push Florida on the ground, and that requires you to be on your keys. You have to have strong eyes. You have to know where the play is going. Film study is incredibly important before a game like this, uh, and, and it matters as well because of the personnel. Uh, Oregon State does a very good job, like I mentioned, of changing who the ball carriers. They have three guys who frequently touch over 80 carries uh, in the regular season. And they also will roll out uh, a wildcat quarterback, Jack Coletto, uh, listed as a senior inside linebacker, but plays fullback and wildcat quarterback for them and is second on the team in rushing touchdowns. So uh, this is a team with weapons all over the field. They use them in a way that allows them to kind of maximize whatever athleticism they do have by scheming well around them, by protecting well. And again, uh, it goes back to that very strong discipline that Jonathan Smith uh, has instilled. Let's move on to the defensive side for the Beavers. An interesting game, to say the least. Florida will have Jack Miller uh, at quarterback. He did not play a single game this year uh, and, in fact, spent the majority of the, of the of the campaign recovering from a thumb injury that prevented him from comfortably gripping the football, period. So uh, an a disadvantage, I would go as far as to say, for the Gators uh, relative to the strength of this Oregon State defense. But but give me your thoughts uh, on how this one kind of stacks up. Yeah, I think the health of Jack Miller is a really interesting thing right now because I think a lot of fans maybe were of the opinion that Jack Miller was healthy nearly two months ago, and that's just not really the case. He had had recovery but still had some work to do when it came to gripping the football, practicing, and that really only happened over the maybe the last month after – that final, uh, you know, heading into the FSU game, did he really start getting back 
where he was able to play, but you never saw him play in the regular season after he went through spring camp and, and then into fall camp as Florida's number two quarterback ahead of Jalen Kitna. And there were times where people said from inside the building that he looked like a better passer, had a better understanding of the offense at times and was able to make some surprising things happen on the ground with his feet. If he's back to that type of quarterback, I think that Florida has a, it's hard to project how good their offense will be. Obviously, I think that you see a little bit of a decrease in terms of the dynamic play ability from the ground aspect, whether Florida has to maybe make some alterations to their offense. That's, that's something I'm watching uh, to, to see. Absolutely. If you see the amount of, uh, giving Miller as much trust to run the offense as, as Richardson was given. That's absolutely something that has a lot of interest to me. The key here, I think is if Florida is able to establish the run with that dynamic backfield duo of Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, they were fantastic throughout the regular season, their first season in Gainesville. It was part of why Florida is ranked number 16 in the country in rushing yards per game. And a little bit of an improvement from last year, if they can establish the run, Jack Miller can complete some short passes. I, I think that you could see a really effective Florida offense in this game. It's This is an interesting situation. I think I'll speak to what you said first about the run game. Oregon State is extremely effective against the run. They rank 20th nationally among all FBS schools in rushing yards per game against. So they're they're quite good. Uh, and again, you know, this is really just speaks to the, to the discipline overall uh, and ability to, you know, stick in your lane and, and to really know where you have to be and, and what to do. Uh, Florida, Florida, excuse me, Oregon State's coaches do an amazing job at, at, at instilling that. One thing that Oregon State does uh, quite interestingly in, in its new defenses is its first year under a new defensive coordinator is it's quite multiple uh, in a way that it, it really wasn't in years past. They will vary the amount of down linemen they have, you know, play to play from two down linemen, three, four, uh, they'll bring linebacker pressures from different spots to confuse opposing quarterbacks. They'll put players in different positions to mask coverages. Uh, you know, you offer a, a pre-snap shell and break into a different defense. One thing that this group does well is put pressure on opposing run games by bringing these pressures from different parts of the field. And they, they change the way that they play defensively from a personnel and from a look standpoint. And the result has been excellent against the run. The problem however, for this Oregon State defense is they are reasonably vulnerable to the pass. Opposing teams have been able to hurt Oregon State when they get the, the ball moving through the air. And if Florida can do that in this contest, which, you know, if you go over to swamp247.com, you can see our game preview uh, titled First Look, where we go in-depth on all things Oregon State. And one of the things that, you know, we write about in there is this is a game where Florida will be forced, likely, to try and beat Oregon State via the pass. Jack Miller will have to be uh, you know, prepared to be relied upon heavily. Florida has more athletic receivers than Oregon State does defensive backs. That's an advantage. Uh, Florida should be able to get its receivers open based on that athleticism. And the question becomes, how ready is Jack Miller to be able to capitalize on that? Hasn't seen game action in quite some time. I think there are very reasonable questions about his recovery and where he's at in that regard. And what does that result in as far as his, his efficacy as a ball thrower? Uh, I think that will go a long way in determining how this contest goes. I think that Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne are very strong players. We've talked about that countless times on this podcast. Uh, the problem is, is that Florida will be without its top offensive lineman. It's without the quarterback who 
to a degree creates some of the dynamic in Florida's ability to rush the football because defenses have to account for him. How much do they have to do that with Miller in the game? I think it's a huge question uh, that will really only be answered once kickoff uh, arrives. I'm going to hit you with one more question here. Uh, I, I want to talk keys to the game. What, what are some of the things uh, that stand out to you for Florida to have a chance? Obviously, depth is a concern in this contest, uh, and the Beavers are 10-point betting favorites. What does Florida need to do to give itself the best opportunity? I think that this is going to kind of sound obvious, but they're going to need to wrap up and tackle. I think that missed tackles were a problem in years past, and they've improved on it this year. But I think that if you can wrap up and tackle, especially in the front seven and slow this Oregon State rushing attack, that's a huge key to the game for me. This is an Oregon State passing offense that I believe ranks 103rd in the country. It's not a really great one. And if like you know what you said about Oregon State's defensive plan, if, if they can make Oregon State have to beat them through the air, I think that that's a huge key to the game for Florida. Obviously, the communication in the front seven, a massive one also, is how well does Derek Wingo fare as that fill-in for Ventro Miller? Seeing how important Miller has been to Florida's defense, I think that you, you absolutely want to see how the new guy fares in there, also knowing that this is a guy that you're going to attempt to build around in the spring in that position. So that really kind of goes, I think, for a lot of the younger guys in Florida's defense, how well they can fare in larger roles. That's a huge key to the game for me as well. And then one more, special teams. We've seen this team, even a couple of weeks ago uh, in Nashville, have some critical special teams errors, a miss, uh, the fumbled punt return into the end zone. How well Florida can fare in that phase of the game, I think will absolutely be a potential deciding factor, especially if they can keep it close and it comes down to a few plays there. I think special teams is a massive key to the game that we rarely talk about. So I want to make sure that it was a key to this one. No, I think that that's a good point. Uh, every every inch matters in a game like this. And, and one way that Florida will be able to capitalize is in that regard. And they haven't necessarily done that in every game this season. So I'm glad you said that. Uh, for me, I'm going to keep it reasonably simple. And I, I think it's that Florida's defense needs to find a way to force Oregon State to throw it. You, you need you need to be able to put the pressure on Oregon State so that they feel like their run game is either not as effective as it has been in previous contests or you know potentially you you clog it up, although I don't necessarily anticipate that. Uh, and if you can do that, it's an athleticism battle. It's 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 our Florida's defensive backs, most of the top rotation of whom are going to play in this game, are they capable of just simply being better than some receivers who really are not high usage guys who are not the most athletic players. And the reason that they're good is because the offense doesn't throw very much at Oregon state. They, they have limited opportunities to make impact and they do when they're called upon, but, but frankly, they're not as experienced or well-used or athletic as Florida has in, in defensive backs. And so I would think that the key to victory for Florida here is to keep Oregon state off the ground where it's effective and force it to prove that it can make plays through the air. Oregon State averages fewer yards per game via the pass than it does the run. That should tell you everything you need to know. So I, I will be interested to see uh, just how aggressive Florida's defense is and things like stacking the box uh, and dedicating personnel to run stopping early and, and basically putting the onus on their defensive backs to cover your man. You got to stick to your guy, and if you don't, we lose. So I, I think that that's a, an interesting dynamic for this game, and it, it's it's my number one, and I will make it my only uh, key to the contest. Uh, finally, the fun part, Oregon State, again, 10-point betting favorite. 
Uh, and as we do on all of our shows, we will offer uh, a Florida game prediction. You and I didn't do so great in this category this season against the spread, but we uh, we tended to get the the winner and loser correct uh, more often than not. I will throw it to you first. Uh, give me your winner and score prediction again. Oregon State, 10-point betting favorites. Yeah, based on what I said in the beginning, I think that just everything Florida is dealing with from the roster turnover compared to what Oregon State is dealing with, a nine-win season, a lot of momentum, guys who are sticking together, trying to get the first double-digit win season in Oregon State since, I think, what, seven, eight years? It's got to be at least that long. And so I think that they got a lot more to play for. Florida's really, I think, looking to put a lot on tape and enjoy their time in Las Vegas. I hate to say it like that, but this is really kind of, in a way, a reward for a lot of guys who have stuck it through and continue practicing since the 6-6 six and six finish. And now they get to go to a place that Florida ever uh, rarely gets to go to, but I don't think it's going to translate to victory. I have Oregon State winning 31-20. If you're going to Las Vegas, though, I wouldn't put any money on my against-the-spread predictions. Jacob doesn't have to remind you how poor I was this season. Uh, that's on me. I got to get it fixed. Yeah, it's uh, and and look, mine was better than yours, but really not uh, all that impressive. So I, I I don't even know that I'd listen to me here either. But uh, given everything, you know, you can find it doesn't have to be my opinion. Go go and look yourself. I mean, Oregon State is a very solid squad. Um, I think they do a lot of things well. I think that their discipline is a factor in this game. I think that the fact that they will have the vast majority of their players available to them in this game is massive, uh, and Florida does not. So. I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be a really tough game for Florida to win. I mean, I think it's going to be a tough game for them to cover that 10-point spread. And I'm going to go with uh, Oregon State 34-20, to 14-point uh, margin of victory. So that would mean Oregon State covers in this scenario. I just I don't know how you could have a ton of confidence. And it's not a knock against Florida. I just think that given the circumstances uh, and where these two teams are at in their seasons, one team makes a lot more sense than the other to win this one. So I think it's a, it's pretty cut and dry. However, we are looking forward to getting out there and we will have tons of coverage for you uh, from Las Vegas. And of course, all things Florida over at swamp247.com where you can subscribe for 50% off now through January 2nd. Uh, it would also get you access to Paramount Plus. So we highly recommend taking advantage of that deal while it lasts. Again, 50% off for an annual VIP membership to Swamp 247, as well as Paramount+. Plus, We have the message board, uh, VIP analysis, and a whole lot more. So make sure you jump in while you can, while the price is good. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. To keep you updated with where we're at, uh, we will have a game review podcast, as we usually do, uh, after the Las Vegas Bowl. That'll come next week. Uh, and then we will transition this podcast into a more of a basketball and recruiting show, uh, early signing day coming up. Blake Alderman, of course, we'll have him on the show as we do, uh, to talk recruiting and a whole lot more. So keep it locked on our YouTube page, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever it is you get your audio. We appreciate you for listening and we will see you after the Las Vegas bowl. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.